do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Are bestsellers all they're hyped up to be? The Terrible Book Club explores whether or not you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. If you've ever seen a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Hello and welcome to episode 158 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Chris and this is Paris. Hello. This time we read Afterlife Love by Niles McFleur, published in 2003 by Ageless Wisdom Publishers Book 2 LLC. So that's... <laughs> listen, they... you guys know what's up already, right? So I don't know if folks are aware, but you don't need to make a separate LLC when you, when you write a second book. Just pro tip, just keep the same LLC. It's fine. I I mean, they do some real funny money business over here, let me tell you. <laughs> you don't need a fresh this one. Was, <laughs> it's okay. This was donated to the show by our friend Charlotte, who is a true scholar of terrible books. She wrote a thesis on Fabio. She is committed. She recommended this one for the show because, well, I think this review on the back of the book is a perfect explanation. This groundbreaking book is not only a powerful and moving romantic novel that entertains, it also teaches quite credibly about what life is like in other dimensions and why. Sure to be is an information source, again and again. Sure to be as an information <laughs> source. The grammar here is a little weird, which makes me think that this this bit was also written by the author. I don't think that that's real, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Uh, th thank you, Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte is wonderful and found this book and gave it to me. Along oh, with, uh, real find. I got to tell you. This yeah, is... this is, this. like I said, this this woman wrote a thesis on Fabio. That is not a joke. She is. This, a... this is top level academic terrible book find. <laughs> I think with this contribution to Terrible Book Club, she might actually become like a terrible book vicar. Like she's definitely rising up in, in Terrible's yes. order. Uh, <laughs> so, Paris, what are we even doing here? I don't know. This was, you know, when we were complaining last week about, oh, the wives, oh, it was so bad. I would rather read the wives five more times back to back again and again before I ever look at this book again. <laughs> okay. So terrible, deeply, deeply awful. <sighs> so what are we doing here, Paris? Well, if this is your first time listening to this show, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Uh, sometimes, though, like today, we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend or donate to the show. Uh, so we do the opposite of what most people do in a bookstore or while they're browsing the internet. And usually this experiment results in a disappointing and hilarious time. But, you know, once in a while we do actually end up liking or even loving the book. Ah, oh, content warnings today. Well, an additional, an additional. Yeah, this book has broken me. 
Content warnings today, in addition to our usual barnyard language, today's episode includes discussion or mention of nearly every bad thing. Uh, we got cults, we've got sex, we've got dangerous levels of woo-woo, uh, we've got racism, we've got <laughs> sexualization, misogyny, I mean... The Holocaust sexual, is up in here. Holocaust, sexual assault, 9-11, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like any... Like bad critiques, uh, shitty libertarian ideas. Uh, it's just any, every and any bad idea, poor interpretation of something. It's all in here today. It is all here. So please take care of yourselves yeah, and be prepared or take choose break another episode. Uh, let's see. All right, Chris, since you have this physical, the physical manifestation of this nightmare, could yes. you please? Not in the astral plane. Uh, could you please? Well, no, Correct one of us would have to die to get it. We'd have to die to get it there. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Um, here is the back of the book summary. The author who writes under the pen name Niles McFleur has taught metaphysics for the last two decades. Just starting right off with what this guy is. He co-serves in the Ageless Wisdom Distributors Group, which published this book. In addition to over 350 articles concerning metaphysics and spirituality, he has also written a major consciousness-raising textbook about these subjects entitled Life's Hidden Meaning. He has appeared on television, spoken on radio, presented hundreds of public lectures, and made guest appearances. Now he offers Afterlife Love as his first work of fiction. I guess that's about the author at the top of this before we actually get into anything. <laughs> Alright, there's another review in addition to the one that we read before, but the other review on the back of the book says, The first few chapters have great character development, and then, bam, the story shifts to gripping action and adventure that is unlike anything anyone has ever read. Yeah, Yet it yeah. remains a magnificent love story throughout. I couldn't put it down and didn't want it to end. I have a very different opinion on that one. I wanted it to end at every single second. Yeah. Okay, then we had that other review we read before, and finally the actual summary of what you might find in here. What is life like after physical death? Within these pages, find yourself enthralled by an epic account that reveals in intimate detail the previously hidden answers to this question. This guy figured it out. Unmask the mysteries of our universe while enjoying a gripping chronicle of love and adventure. Afterlife love is a unique expression of a deep and loving romance in which you can further recognize and understand the nature of the human soul and its relationship to all else. The author acknowledges that the story is mainly true. Some readers are asking, is it entirely true? Because this is a novel that is more credible than nonfiction might be. Be prepared for a life-changing story that teaches the mind as it captures the imagination. So right out the gate, some little obfuscation and confusion is, is it real? Is it not? Well, maybe you should ask yourself. Okay, so immediately, before we do anything else, I, I want you guys to know that the author himself is a character in this book. Yes, and every time he appears, it's always like... Niles McFloor, the really awesome guy who was very nice and cool and smart and amazing, <laughs> came in the room. Like, and knows just, things yeah, about, about the deep mysteries of life. I love that we just, we skipped the self-insert and just literally inserted themselves. Like, no smokes, yes. no smokescreen. Just, yep, it's the author. He's here and he's cool. <laughs> okay. But if you're saying, okay, so he's already doing the dance of like, well, it's a fiction, but like, is it really a fiction? Which is should always just set off your 
bullshitometer here. And let me tell you guys, you want to calibrate that sensitivity on the bullshitometer <laughs> pretty low here if you don't want it exploding in your face. Yeah, yeah, this is, we've got some some serious spikes on the bullshitometer here. Uh, All right, what? Paris, why don't you give us the characters and setting? Because I'm going to read also the summary that we do to help you become somewhat tethered to reality <laughs> here, which is a losing proposition at the outset over here. But since you wrote it, I'm going to read it. I'm going to have you just tell us about the characters and setting here. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone should just embrace um, the fact that this book is trying to untether us from reality and tether us to the etheric and astral plane. So you know what? Just come along with us. Just let yourself become untethered. That is the best <laughs> way to enjoy this. Go into you know your four sacrum in your spine and travel to the terrible astral dimension which <laughs> yeah, I guess would be like the eighth one according to this guy you know what if you have uh if you have mind-altering substances at your disposal now is the time now is the time all right so our characters and setting as we just mentioned the author niles mcfleur uh, you know is in this and he is always a very cool guy he just shows up sometimes to be like oh yes my son you are on the path i am very cool goodbye <laughs> please continue to give my cult money thank you that's kind of it um our main characters though who we follow throughout the book uh the main the main main character shane and then there's rebecca uh this created a lot of turmoil for chris as his girlfriend is rebecca and his boss is shane so this book was a fun Real mental fun exercise <laughs> of thinking about his Real boss. cool stuff for me, personally. <laughs> Don't you love it when books do that sometimes? Where it's just like, oh, it's these two people that I, I'm kind of close to and I know in real life. So my brain is always going to somewhat self-insert them. I understand other people can be named Shane and Rebecca. Let's be clear here. <laughs> it's just, you know, the brain likes to do that sometimes. When I think of a Rebecca, I think of the one that I'm dating. Yeah, and so Chris had the distinct pleasure of imagining his boss stealing his girl throughout this whole book and chasing her in the afterlife. Um, oh, anyway, uh, there are some other characters, but frankly, none of it matters. Uh, the only character really who has don't. any, the only character who has any bearing on the story is Shane's friend, who convinces him at the beginning to go to the book club lecture thing where he meets Rebecca, and after that, honestly. That's it. You just have to worry about these two. So, I mean, like his grandma pops up in the astral God, realm. There's so many characters. Like, <laughs> there's like listen, dogs and bunnies that get we'll, named. Like yeah, it's not Flynn worth the dog. <laughs> is it's, it's just not worth it, guys. It's not oh. what the issue is here. If we were going to that level of detail, Paris and I would be recording here until next week. So we got to cut to the chase. So I actually didn't intend for the summary to be the summary, but we kind of realized that like, that was going to have to be it. I had to, what I was doing was just creating a basic, a very basic outline and summary of like each notable part of the book because I was, I knew that it was just quickly going to become quicksand, you know, on the page. So I was just like trying to put some, you know, put some stability in there, give us a guide. And now this is the summary that poor Chris has to read. So this is kind right. of the most, these are the most notable moments and ideas in the book <laughs> sure the beats okay yeah, so here we beats. go guys okay central okay stabilize yourself chris you gotta get a just <laughs> okay. deep breathing Love strapping in here all right hmm. shane's friend convinces him to go to a new age talk by the author where he meets rebecca and she immediately ensnares him into her religious pyramid scheme house flipping and jerk off washcloth business <laughs> 
with sex, okay? It's a foot-shaped washcloth, we'll get into that. Just hold on. There's also a, variety a dinosaur of plastic. one. There's a, okay, listen, we gotta get going here, Max. Through a variety of classic cult and pyramid scheme tactics, Rebecca continues to convince Shane until he is also teaching the religion and engaging in business to give more money to the religious org. The teachings amount to focus less on material goals and focus more on doing good for others, which is just basic Christianity and like pretty much all the other religions that, you know, have people signing up for them. Can't distinguish what's special about this. I mean, I suppose the whole astral realm travel thing. They get married and go on a honeymoon, then Rebecca dies in a car accident, and Shane becomes obsessed with finding her through astral travel. Since this is promised by this ageless wisdom thing that Niles McClure has going on. There are eight astral subplanes, with the eighth and lowest being evil, and each progressively higher level being less evil and more temporally askew from our terrestrial human experience of time. There's a lot of math in here about, well, I spent four hours in there, which equals to one hour of physical playing time. Yeah, the temporal math was not useful. Thank you. Please don't. It didn't help. No. After barely trying, Shane gets to the astral plane, and a nice lady named Susan, who happens to know Rebecca, takes him to Timonia, an astral city that is suspiciously just like a regular ass American city. Of course, he is once again tricked with sex and cute baby bunnies by Susan, who turns out to be an energy vampire. Since he never learns, he is tricked a third time by Marta, who leads him into an astral gang rape where dogs hold him down. The cult promises to help him with his astral travel only if he works 30 hours a week for them and studies now McClure's book. Sorry, I can't hold it together. I wrote this. It's fine. No use. No use. Shane gets tricked by sex. Tally is at four now on the sixth plane by some lady named Dawn. Um, Niles tells Shane to change his motives to be with Rebecca again from horny to spiritual and virtuous or he will fail and hurt both of their souls because doing stuff selfishly like wanting to see your dead wife impacts your ability to travel to different higher astral subplanes. Mm -hmm. Shane tries to be less horny and talks to his oversoul slash solar angel. He continues his journey through the astral subplanes until he reaches the fifth plane which is him meeting his friend who died as a teenager and finding out about the thought police and meeting a dog friend, Flynn. He begins teaching on this plane and Rebecca joins him. He thwarts a fifth attempt to sex trap him by Elaine, <laughs> an Israeli woman who was murdered by a Palestinian terrorist because of course we gotta bring that up. Fourth plane is where Shane's grandma and grandpa live in a mansion with cool beds and who happen to know Rebecca, of course. She appears, and she and Shane go to Spirit Station, which is like the hotel where they go to work in teams to communicate with mediums on the physical plane. He does a good job, so finally he can have astral sex with Rebecca. Their shirts fuck. Yes. Yes. Then so do they. Then they fuck while ice dancing and go to a cave where they fuck horny mushrooms. Afterwards... They return to Shane's grandparents to meet their pets and then help them reconcile because they just can't stop fucking. They immediately go to the intimacy and after this to stay in a room full of sex toys and a tentacle hot tub. All right, almost done. Shane tries to go to the third plane, but he is pulled to the fourth plane because Rebecca is there and says they must rescue Dawn on the sixth plane because she is being held as a sex slave. To be clear, Rebecca is hanging out on like the first or second plane most of the time because she's so 
astrally powered up. Yeah. And she's only teaching on the other planes because that's like your duty as an mm-hmm. ageless wisdom distributor. So the cult even follows you into the afterlife. Yep. So <laughs> have fun with that. Anyway, <laughs> Shane seeks counsel and help from the ageless wisdom group in reality and then returns to the astral world to find Rebecca and Dong being raped, mean dogs, and an evil monster. He rescues them and himself by teaching. And then his grandma shows up. Richard also helps. A few days later, he gets to the third plane and is greeted by Harry, a man who is at least partly black. We learn that diseases and conditions are just karma from previous lives where you were an asshole. Shane meets an astral Karen who is a gmilf detif, a gmilf DTF. Grandma, I like to fuck who is down to fuck, for those of you who are really out of touch. And Harry swoops in on that while Shane and Rebecca have floating river sex. A voyeur dog compliments their sex. And then they go back to the fourth plane with Harry and Karen. After some teaching about energy rays, we go back to the fifth plane. Fifth plane is pissed because Shane stole a dog from them. That's Flynn. But Rebecca uses a sick new spell and saves them. They realize they must transfer the author's book to heaven, so they mind meld a few times while Shane reads it. Once that's done, Shane dies! The author goes on a tour of the planes, where, of course, everyone loves his book, and everybody clapped the end. <laughs> Sorry, I really Thank you, Paris, for that. that. That's fine. Let, w- listen, there's no holding it together here anymore, I, okay? We're all loose uh, goose in the astral plane, in whatever ray yep. of creative thought that we're enjoined in. Paris, there's so many just, like bullshit explanations that all the time you're going like what huh and even in the book the author is like i know that's confusing motherfucker that doesn't help if you're just like i know that don't make sense read it again until it does (laughs) yeah that seems to be their strategy in quote-unquote studying his books is like just keep reading the passages until you make them make sense to you in your brain. <laughs> your brain will just give up and just try to force something in there and just yeah. go with that, I guess. <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> I was trying to figure out what I could say is good about this book. I, I mean, I guess there is the, nothing. The grammar no- is bad. The way nothing. the dialogue is done is bad. The explanations are bad. The content is bad. And it's, the purpose it's just... of the book is quite bad. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, the only like we're talking in, in like at the tiniest little sliver is just that. Hey, maybe don't think about yourself all the time and try to think about other people instead and like do things to better the world. That's, that's all I got. Um, because even <laughs> that idea, the general idea, well, even that of, idea, like, do good for others, but even that just gets subsumed by the cult because it's always like do good for others, but it's always people who are also in the cult. It's never like do good stuff for your mom or, you know, like your boss. It's always like do better stuff for other people who also serve, you know, in ageless wisdom. So yeah, I I think this might be the the first time in a while we have absolutely nothing good to say about this. It's really just yeah. like um this book is just like an aroboros of suffering. I know I've said that before, but it its purpose is to be a 350 plus page ad for 
the author's other books and workshops and ultimately what seems like some kind of religious cult or, you know, if you don't like the word cult, religion, whatever. He likes I don't, spiritual group. There's that page yeah. where he's like, oh, cults, um, they make people do things for selfish reasons, but spiritual groups like Ageless Wisdom make you do things for the betterment of others, which is just an <laughs> yeah. obfuscation of you're still working for Niles and making no money because, boy, there's like a property business on the side and yep. the foot jerk-off washcloths <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's pretty clear what you're serving, I think, Niles. I guess I just don't I don't quite understand this book because if you're advertising for something, if you're trying to recruit people into something, whether it's to buy your product or to be in your cult or join your club or whatever, making them read a 365-page book is like the bar is so high. Who would be who would have enough time to invest in this and be willing enough to read all of it? <clears throat> when it's so poorly written and constructed and then still be convinced by it like i don't quite get it i i do think i have a purpose here as to what is really happening uh twofold firstly niles thinks the best way to teach things is to just say the thing Yes. And then that is how you get the idea into the other person's brain for them to understand. If they don't understand that thing, you pretty much just say it again. Really, For him, the only component that goes into someone learning something is you saying the words that for how you think it. Which, as a teacher of some type here, I can just unequivocally say that's the worst way to teach is to just info dump. It yeah. doesn't work to anyone's benefit to just say a bunch of shit and hope that the other person puts it together the exact same way that you put it together. This book is yeah. a fascinating example of, you know, a, a system that some other human brain thought up and makes sense to them, but is absolutely baffling to any outsider. I'm sure anyone that's dealt with, you know, user interface stuff with software has experienced this or, you know, teaching any sort of system out there, whether it's music theory or, you know, color theory for painting or just how a piece of software works to the other people in your organization, right? It's like there's this system that another brain thought up and now someone else has to learn it because you're trying to sell your foot washcloths and make the person accept that that's what they should be doing with their life. I would like to read a passage from okay. this book. It's about page 275, which I know is deep in, but I yeah, assure that's... you that this is... there's this The context that you would have gotten from the other 270 pages did not help me. Right. So right. I don't think it'll help any listener here. And I just want to read this as a way to set up what we have been dealing with here. And of course, we'll read other passages as well as we go along. But I thought this was a perfect little nugget of what you're trying to deal with when you read this. Yeah. It was on page 275. Harry asked, please go on explaining this third aspect of God's mind, Rebecca. When the third aspect of God's mind is completely intelligent in its activity or action, then all of life that it affects grows the maximum amount possible for that life as more of a part of God or of its creator. This creates only light or thought at the speed of God's mind within the life. It joins the space and time within the life and all other life it shares activity with. This causes the space to become light at that speed of thought. It also causes time to stop and rejoin with space, taking no time to occur between any two parts of life activities or actions. 
Then all three aspects of God's mind are joined as they are in God at that point in God's development within and between or among the life. Each fully intelligent activity both grows the mind of God from its original size and it creatively changes it in unique ways as well, Rebecca concluded. Sure. <laughs> now, them some words, Paris. Paris, explain to me, what did I just say? I don't know. I can't explain any. I mean, it just sounded like <clears throat> it just sounded like words were strung together in a facsimile of sentences, but that didn't actually mean anything. My favorite part is when the third aspect of God's mind is completely intelligent in its activity or action, then all of life that it affects grows the maximum amount possible for that life as more of a part of God or its creator. That's the first sentence of an explanation that I'm supposed to take something out of. Yeah, the, Even I... the grammar. Okay. That's... I wanted to really set the scene here before we get into what was bad here at Paris. So I'm going to step back from talking a lot. I know I talked a whole lot at the top of this, but I really, I really wanted everyone to have sufficient context before oh, we yeah. start diving in deeper. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I I just, so, I mean, if it hasn't been obvious yet, we didn't have anything good to say about this. We are in the things that were bad section. Um, and yeah, the note of, I mean, the biggest thing about this that's bad is it's all about trying to, you know, convince people to join this cult and i and you know i was apprehensive about you know saying oh it's definitely a cult but i think it satisfies all the criteria um i i mean i could be a little off but i think it's like you have to have a most of the time you have like a charismatic leader some kind of author authoritarian leader which in this case i guess would be niles um you have you know isolation right because all they do is spend time with other people in the cult they're even trying to buy a compound like that's the the real the property stuff on the that's side. That's real Chris classic about. bullshit. I gotta say, yeah. If you're so, a <laughs> yeah. So, and they're also they're all intertwined in business together. Like they all end up either quitting their jobs or like in the in the case of quote unquote Shane, who is totally real, um, he gets fired from his job and then he joins the cult business, which is like part is like largely flipping houses. I think that's what Rebecca was it's doing anyway. Um, that seems to be the major source of income, mm -hmm. although early on they're talking about like Rebecca and Shane are just kind of talking about going into business, just the two of them selling Rebecca's foot washcloths. Now, th Dude, again, the washcloths, man, so confusing. They are foot-shaped washcloths. I'm not sure from what angle. Wait, no, no, no. Foot. They're it's not. Cross are they foot-shaped? Yes, they are foot-shaped, Paris. It specifically says foot-shaped. Okay, well, I want to I remind you <clears throat> about how... There is a sentence talking about how there's a dino-shaped washcloth, like a dinosaur yes. one, and then he immediately gets a hand job with the dinosaur washcloth. That that <laughs> yes. happens. Uh, just so everyone knows, that's a really important. I, my <laughs> favorite point. thing is that they keep bringing up this, like this is the first stage of the business Rebecca and Shane going mm -hmm. into together because like he lost his job or whatever. But it starts with the washcloth, but it keeps bringing up the washcloth business later on, and it keeps going. And we were selling the foot washcloths as well as other things. Now, the dino washcloths get mentioned, but I <laughs> desperately need to know what is under that umbrella of other things because your yeah, entire business cannot simply be foot and dinosaur washcloths. What is the other things? Yeah, it's probably just something easy like soap is pretty easy to make, you know, or like candles or whatever. Um, anyway, back to <clears throat> back to cult stuff. So I think it's sad. It satisfies like 
isolation, having a leader, like charismatic leader. Um, oh, and being exclusive too. Like I, I didn't get the sense that they thought that anyone else's forms of belief were valid. I mean, it didn't, it didn't directly say that, but like they spend all this time literally just reading the books of this guy, Niles McFleur and trying to like meditate themselves into the astral plane. So I don't know. They didn't really mention any other religions, but I didn't get the sense that they would be open to that. <laughs> um, I mean, they mentioned capital G God. The word Buddhic mm-hmm. is used a lot. For yeah. me, this is the case of like, oh, it just so happens that this one guy figured out the truth of everything and it's got a little bit of every religion. That's mm-hmm. how you know it's really true. It's like one of those things. Yeah. I mean, it's just the it's just the woo-woo kitchen sink, right? You just throw in all the woo-woo <laughs> right. spices you got left and stir it up and there you go. Little chi, hey. little karma, little sacrum centers and, and mm-hmm. a little God, capital G, a little Buddha in there. Yeah, you got the whole like, um, you know, you're not allowed to, I don't I don't think like they in the book there's a lot of like oh we have all this open dialogue but they don't they're still just talking in circles around each other about the books that Niles wrote like they're not they're not using any everyone, sort of critical thing everyone thinking. one conversation to like have a <laughs> yes. breakthrough right like it's yeah. not like it really mm-hmm. takes like any crazy study they're just sitting there and going like oh yeah that thing and clearly it's just Niles spilling his idea out in what he thinks is a fictionalized novel format in comparison to his other book, Life's Hidden Meaning, which is a 750-page book of him just Jesus spinning Christ. the shit out in, like, straight info dump form with charts and shit, which is mentioned in this book. And I saw a couple pages of the other one, and boy, oh boy, it's just <laughs> somehow more expanded with more bullshit. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I, I guess we didn't see like uh any threats made to people but of course this is like a propaganda book but i'm sure the people again if any of this is even real this might just be niles like inflating his own sense of you know self and purpose by saying oh yeah i have all these followers when like in reality none of this is true like I don't even think Shane and Rebecca are real. You know, there's all oh, that, too. heavens um, there. Is someone lied about that? You-, I, you know, we don't see any, like, threats to people or people being worried about not being included in the group. But it seems pretty clear to me that that's those sentiments are there beneath the surface because I don't think that Shane would be stoked, you know, if he wasn't allowed to come to group talk or whatever. Um yeah. Anyway, it's a fucking cult. Moving on. Uh, it's got all the hallmarks of cult bullshit other other than satisfying the basic criteria. It's like everyone gives all their money to the cult. And like Shane is like, oh, it's so much better having less money. I love having less money and like yeah, giving you everything focus to the less cult. on material goods. Like, you know, th- th- that's not what life is about. Life is about selling these feet washcloths. Life is about focusing. Houses. Life is about focusing all the material goods on the cult. <laughs> not you. Just give it all to the cult. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, I think this is just going to be us going through a bunch of insane things that happened in the book. And that's that's kind of it. Um, Listen, guys, there's, there's nothing else to be said here. I gave you a passage there. We'll read some other stuff in here. I think it'll become fairly clear what we were dealing with here. Uh, you know, the, it, there's a scene where Shane and Rebecca have sex and it's so great that they levitate to the roof while fucking like i don't let's know let's go to that one i got to look <laughs> over here it's just like well you're not gonna convince me that this happened folks uh sorry i'm it's not happening 
So here's page 79 with a little fun. Here's some astral sex description for you guys in case you were wondering what's going on here. We went back to the hotel room. Craig was staying with a couple who had attended the day's event. Rebecca and I had decided to stay in a beautiful, more remote place in the hills. We undressed each other and sat facing each other, eyes fixed. We both spoke and thought to each other endearing words. I told her, through thought, how I appreciated all of her ways of serving and being a soul. I thought through some of these ways and how they affected me and others. Then she, somewhat more creatively, did something similar with me. In her thoughts, she included future scenarios of both of us creating service in new ways. She is so artistically virtuous. She moved to sit on top of me, our physical bodies responding to each other with relaxed precision and assurance. As we further connected our other three bodies, we began to elevate several feet above the floor in our etheric bodies. We then made love for about six physical subplane hours, or about eight hours of experiential time as we floated and gently turned first around the room, and then we moved through the roof to the outside. Once outside, we made love just above the treetops. The etheric air was cool, but not nearly as chilly to us as its physical component. Bro, I don't care how much you like the sex, but six to eight hours is a shift at work, bro. I, I gotta take a break. I gotta eat. Where's my lunch break in the middle of this? Yeah, uh, Arizona state law requires you have to take at least a 30-minute lunch break uh, for that, that shift. <laughs> for your um, six-hour astral sex session. By the way, here's a little section about how they feel after some other sex that occurred earlier. In our intuitional or buddhic bodies, the light energy did not remain, but joined with all others who were also in mutual service. We felt the senses of the body joining with the fortunate ones who have found the joy and bliss of spiritual service. As our thoughts, love, and sensuality intertwined together like a masterpiece of sculpture, we reached a new kind of climax. I found come to. I as her and she as me sustained a climax for about 15 minutes, a real guess on my part. Time seemed all but stopped as we truly became one for this blissful culmination. Oh, my Rebecca, I thought, my angel, this world is so fortunate for your presence. She replied, having heard each word in her mind in a whispered voice, Shane, you have exceeded the man of my dreams and my memory. This fortune we have needs to be shared so that others may finally understand what awaits them beyond their illusions and fears. Yeah, so it's a lot of this where it's really hard to believe because, you know, you have two oh. people who... Well, no, I'm I'm explaining that, like, I'm not... I understand that some people have sometimes, you know, like, meditate to a certain point or whatever, take, take like, peyote or whatever and, like, see things and experience things that are, you know, beyond kind of our normal way of thinking or comprehending our experience. But these are people who are supposedly not on any psychotropic drugs they didn't do anything other than know each other for like two weeks and look at each other in a room like i don't i don't understand how are you getting from the from like regular sex to like we were floating above the building like how did how that did you happen? get to come to i don't understand how to charge up my astral energy yeah. enough to get to come to well and that's the other thing like how is this book supposed to be an instructional book that you come to again and again when it doesn't instruct you in anything. You don't learn anything. People are just saying, yeah, I did this. This happened. But there's no explanation. Right. He just achieves the, the, the astral plane stuff. He, he says, oh, I went through my fifth sacrum or something. But, yeah. like, but how? Bro? You, he doesn't even talk about how to set the scene or like, you know, turn some lights off, put some candles no. on, focus on this. 
nothing like that. Nope. Nope. Oh, and then, you know, you have the very critical page and a half car deal. Okay. So this is, I was, this was the page that actually made me some of the angriest in the book. There's just a page in here where Craig and Shane are talking about, like, Shane needs a new car because he had to sell his old one. And then Craig is like, oh, well, I have, I found this deal on a Saturn. It's got 56,000 miles on it. And Shane's like, oh, is, like, the AC working? Craig's like, no, you could probably need to spend $600 to bring it up. And Shane's like, oh, well, what if I gave you, like, $3,800 for it? And Craig is like, oh, well, maybe if I give you my old car. And I'm like, why the fuck do I care about your fucking used car deal? I'm trying to get into this cult guy. I'm trying to reach my astral fifth plane to do the come to or whatever. Is this on the cult test? Is there going to be a problem with like if Craig approaches you with a used Saturn for $3,800 that has 56,000 miles on it, which do you choose to trade him your 30 foot washcloth for it? Or is there a better way to serve in the astral? Like what? The yeah, fuck? it's yeah, that was terrible. There's a lot of this in the book where it's just like, and then this happened. And then we went here and we talked about this and then I got fired. And then I had to, you know, there's no artistry to explaining any of this. There's even a point. I forget if it's in the forward of the book. There's somewhere in the book. The author says, like, I don't know if I'll do a good job writing fiction. It's like, Yeah. I'm sure none of your cult followers will tell you that you're not good at it. But yeah, your first inclination was correct. So it's just a lot of of that. Um, So we, all right. Yeah. So we got, uh, oh, we forgot to tell people when in time this was happening. Uh, This is the year 1999, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got Shane meets Rebecca. Uh, they fall in love or whatever. He gets really invested in the cult. He gets fired from his job at presumably Apple or I don't know. I they mean, keep doing it... this thing where they like they write an M and then a bunch of dashes to represent what company Shane worked for. There's some of this like I guess obfuscating of names in the name of like safety of others. I thought it was fiction, bro. But yeah. Shane's talking about how he's making Mac computer chips all the time. He just says Mac all the time, but he's working for M Dash, which I guess is Macintosh, but that's not the company name. It's Apple. So Well, yeah, I guess it could have been some other company that started with an M, but it was yeah, it was kind of It's like another one of those I think little Niles things. I think the company name is Macintosh. Yeah, it's possible. Um in any case, gets fired, decides to go into like jerk off foot washcloth business and flipping houses with Rebecca, you know, gives, gives all of his time to the, to the cult. All of his friends are in the cult. Um, no family mentioned, no other friends, just all about ageless wisdom. Uh, they have a bunch of sex. Uh, Rebecca dies in a car accident and Niles, (laughs) I want to say Niles, Shane, Shane senses it happening and can like see it in his mind as it's happening because of course somehow they have this Listen, powerful sell, psychic connection. Paris, if you sell enough foot cloths, you can fucking actually connect with anyone. Let me tell you, you just gotta hit the two thousand mark. So if you just buy four thousand <laughs> from me, you can have other people sell the foot wash cloths, <laughs> and you'll reach your astral connection with your partner that much quicker. That actually, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I'm not selling enough jerk-off washcloths uh, with my feet. 
Um, so you have to do it with your foot, too. Yes. That enhances the astral because you're not being selfish by using Correct. your hands. Correct. I'm doing it the hardest and least pleasurable way possible. <laughs> Therefore, I am ascending. Um, in any case, Shane's first thought, oh, no, Rebecca is dead. I need to find her to fuck her in the astral plane. Like, that's his only... You understand. He is so obsessed with finding her again to have sex with her specifically. And he even talks about like how this is a struggle for him. And Niles is like, yeah, man, maybe be less horny about it. Like, <laughs> you know, even so- though even the cult leader guy is like, I maybe just like we're trying to do this like unselfishly. I mean, that was the whole point of this. But I guess if it was like that good, then sure. Yeah, and then so then the entire rest of the book is just a romp through the astral planes. Like nothing else happens in the real world that's of any consequence, and it just reads like I don't know a seven year old writing a story for school. Like it's just it, it reads like a toddler DM's first like campaign homebrew <laughs> arc that they've done, <laughs> yeah. especially when you have shit like the technology city Technosia. In, yeah. up in here that yeah. is it took me less than three seconds to come up with that and i'm just rolling with it because the players are staring at me and i didn't come up with the technology city name for my planning session so ah oh, fuck yeah i well the thing that confuses me the most is the idea that like we would you know let's say you do go to the etheric realm and then the astral planes i guess those are separate apparently um why would they be based on things in your white middle to upper class american modern experience why would it why would they be like that why would it have like a technology city with like flip phones and then you know grandma's got a cool new tempurpedic in the fourth plane or whatever like it just and i get and i get that like some people might explain that away as oh well you know your brain is just trying to interpret things and process the unknown with the familiar, but this seems so lame. I, I can't get on board with that. It just doesn't make any sense. Why do we get jobs in heaven? Who, who goes to heaven Pay and wants to... my bills <laughs> if I had a job, had a job in, in heaven. heaven. <laughs> I still gotta go to work. Why I wasn't I just would be evil? Free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the evil stuff sounds more fun to me yeah if you're on the evil ones you just get to like run around and like attack people and there's no consequences it's like i mean i i don't think i would enjoy that but i don't know it sounds better than having a fucking job in heaven maybe dying and being like oh finally a sweet release and then it's like up oh, report to the fucking job office we gotta assign you, gotta you a job ageless and wisdom just- we're selling the foot wash gloss up here too man turns out people still got feet and then it's just endless work for all of time. I mean, I would at that point try to do the most evil shit to get kicked out of heaven because I don't want to work for an eternity. Oh. Well, no, you see, Paris Angel's wisdom, it, it, they're serving for the greater oh. good of making sure the even the astral realm knows what's going on here. And, like, my favorite part is when they fight the monster by teaching it. Shane is like, oh, I just got to teach at it. Here's the thing, their whole, yeah, their whole mechanism for developing their uh, ability to, you know, move about in the etheric and astral planes and, and yeah, how they fight things is by proselytizing. They say teaching, but it's really just spouting whatever their bullshit is. And 
I just, I don't understand. There's so much of this that does not work. Um, <laughs> Here's how it works, the, Paris. Okay. Uh, You're up in astral subplane five and there's a monster attacking you and he's going, ah, stab, stab, bite, crunch, kill. And you start going, well, you see, actually, the way you're reacting on this fifth astral subplane is is not really what you want, because if you wanted to, like, get in touch with the sixth cosmic ray as a subfusion of yourself with time and space, then you will have to meditate with us as we teach to you, and you're able to merge the creative part of God's will with to get onto the second astral as before subplane. And then the monster is just like, I'm fuck, okay, fine, I'll go, I just, I'll go, I'm so Sorry, I'm Maybe sorry. Maybe that's the secret. It just, it's so confusing that evil can't get to you. Is that the point? Like, you can't. Um, yeah, I, like you said, the other notable thing is that everyone they interact with, whether in the, you know, physical plane or in the astral one, it just takes a conversation with like a few sentences or a couple paragraphs and they're converted, you know, or they reach a higher level of consciousness. And it, it just seems like it would require so much more work than that i don't i don't get it no it's really easy to teach people paris you just i have the i have the words and when you hear the words you get the idea and if you don't you just got to keep reading the words again or hearing the words again that is how you teach things (laughs) uh there's also a lot of just really nefarious stuff just kind of slid in here and like there's little thin layers of you know like a like a croissant with butter. There's a lot of layers, and some of them are maybe burnt because I don't know you did it wrong. Um, there's there's this concept of using rape as just like oh a bad thing that happens, but then people who are assaulted just get over it immediately. Um, there's like what? spirit damage, but like to their personality that you don't really get anything of them working through it. The way you work through it is you go find them in the astral plane and you send them your better energy. And then all the trauma of that experience is gone because your better energy cleared up their <sighs> soul juice to be better. Yeah. It have glamours? Yeah. Glamours are a bad thing somehow. Glamours are illusions that you... You know, they're false, false illusions. Like being gay is an illusion, by the way. I see. Um, of course. Can't, yeah, of course. Can't be gay. Uh, f- f- there's like a lot of weird libertarian ideas about, I mean, the overt ones are the thought police. And then in that chapter, there's like, oh, you know, everyone should just know better. We don't need laws like these. Thought, we don't need these. If thought, everyone we don't need just laws. acted good, then we wouldn't need laws. Oh, fuck. That's a spiritual breakthrough. You telling me that if everyone just acted right, then we wouldn't need all these regulations. Yeah. And they're Shit, like, well, why don't the we higher, just... higher Oh, planes. fuck, Paris. I'll just tell everyone to act good. Mm-hmm. We should do that, Paris. Hey, everyone listening. Just be good. There's a lot of demonizing. Just, just be of... good. Yeah, just be good. A lot of demonizing of like people who are drug abusers and possess. It says the drug ab- people who abuse drugs and who are possessed by quote unquote I don't know demons. Maybe they don't sleep. That's what this author thinks. They think that um, if you use. I'm sorry. Drugs, why don't, don't we sleep. do the actual explanation since we have the page here in the notes here. 
Yes, that's correct. Through use of illicit drugs and or being possessed or other factors, some people have their webs partly or more destroyed. If the etheric and astral web is damaged, their brains become connected even when they are conscious. If they are selfish, which they often are to a greater extent than most, then they start to damage both brains. This damage prevents correct storage of information from the senses, causes poor memory, and most importantly, lower levels of thought, with the personality unable to accurately synthesize information into knowledge. These same people become prone to attacks while asleep and dreaming in the two lowest astral subplanes. They also tend to dream there more often than most people do because they are so selfish. And dreams, in part, help the energy in the bodies to repair them and help some of these darker energies to be used up. These energies follow the thought in the dreams, which are often composed of selfish or retained energies. Yeah, that, I understood that, Paris. Sure, sure. I always love when I read these, like, energy and, like, spiritual things, the idea of, like, raised consciousness. Well, what are you doing to your consciousness? Well, it go up. My, yeah, my conscious you... go up and therefore better because up better. Don't you yeah. want an up raised conscious? It's truly confusing. Uh, I think, Chris, you don't your... want a lower consciousness. I think your explanation of this book is... Okay, so I said it was like a 365-page ad for a cult, uh, and your description is is also good. <laughs> it's because it's an ocean of bullshit, right? You're like thrown into the deep end of an ocean of bullshit, and every every one of these passages that we're reading is just like a new river sectioning off from the main shit ocean into an entirely new land of bullshit <laughs> that you never even thought could exist because the words barely make sense to you. Just tributaries all. of tributaries <laughs> of awfulness. Um, Just every yeah. single time, I like I could flip to a random page in this book. Yep. Pass. Let's do that experiment. Can you okay, tell I'm what's, upset? What's By the way, can you tell I'm upset? <laughs> page two hundred fifty-two. I have a note that says the fuck is happening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't let's know go what to that page is. Two hundred fifty-two. Harry asked, Karen, how long have you lived here? I have lived in Charm Village for about 15 years. I first moved in with a man who lives about 10 miles from here. He liked sex a lot, and I found that to my liking. But he was rude and too coarse for me, so I moved out after two years and then into this small house that had been abandoned. I fixed it up and have lived here since. Do you want to find a mate still? I asked. What I want is a more meaningful life, one in which what I do matters to not just a man I sleep with, but to the universe or all. I am probably just too slenses probably just too senseless to be much of a good to anyone except as a pretty decent bed partner then harry said inappropriately i thought i think you are pretty hot karen oh you do do you like experience then actually i liked mixed race very attractive women like yourself you are partly of latin descent with some i am irish and hispanic my mother was irish that's a very interesting combination and sexy too there were still many parts of harry i didn't know yet Sorry, Shane, my directness with Karen is embarrassing you. I did not notice, Karen said. Shane, are you sexually repressed? Me? I don't think so. Although as far as my sexuality goes, I am still finding out more about myself. Karen, could you answer a couple of questions I have about this part of the third astral subworld? If I can, go ahead. She took off her shoes and started to rub Harry's leg with her foot. I'm just going to stop there before we get into more foot stuff. Because, yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah, there's all this sex stuff, but it... And a lot of this book also suffers from that whole, oh, I need details. Therefore, I'm going to like do time calculations and tell you how many miles away something is in the astral plane. Why would the astral plane have miles? Why would there be villages? I just I can't can't understand oh, this. OK, I flipped open to another random page here in the book. And by 
Providence truly blows justice. Um, <laughs> I found a page that actually mentions perhaps the stupidest thing I've oh. read in any book we've ever read. I don't know, Chris. Which one is it? Wow, I've got them too and never knew they were there. Now, guys, I said, where is it Rebecca was last seen? Oh, yeah, it was over at the Goblos. What are the Goblos? That's one of the places we party at, Josh said. Come on, Shane, we'll take you there. When we arrived, there were people all around in a nightclub atmosphere with all kinds of different interior designs. A woman very quickly wrapped her body around mine and was dancing quite suggestively while I tried to untangle myself from her. I said, please, I am not interested in you or dancing. She seemed almost immediately distraught by my straightforward statement. I'm sorry if I was rude to you, I said, but you did intrude on me. I did no such thing. This is go blows, and I broke no rules here, but you did. What are those rules? People come here for close contact, and as long as our bodies are a mix match, either of us can go. And let me see. If they aren't a mix and match, we blow, I said. She laughed. It's mix and match. Yes, that's right. So our bodies mix match? Uh-huh. What or how can you tell? So they're in a nightclub called in, Go in the, Blows. In the astral plane on the, what was it, the seventh Be- plane? I don't care. I don't give a fuck, Paris. <laughs> okay, so it's called Go Blows because if you mix match, you go. But if you don't mix match, you blow. I would assume that by going, you mean blowing. So that's like extra confusing I, right, to me. So <laughs> I, the... the Go when I read Go Blows and they explained it there, I shit my brain out of my body and <laughs> directly into astral hell as far as I'm concerned. My consciousness was lowered to such a degree that I flew out the bottom of the earth and into space. <laughs> and I am still traveling right now. You, you I feel uh, like I'm here in Paris, but this is I I've been in space for fifty nine million astral years because I'm on subplane negative five. You know with what? Cosmic Ray 2. You know what? This this brings this brings to mind another important uh element of this book in that Shane just gets to go, oh oopsie, my dick fell into a lady on the astral plane like six <laughs> times. And his girlfriend or his wife actually is just like, Oh, that's okay, honey. It's okay. I, I Yeah, you know, you're just still no dealing with- discussion, there's no conflict. It's just like, oh, I know how it is, you know. Those, you know, you're just you're just so horny and selfish, but I'm so cool and good and nice that I, it's fine, it's fine. And like, also, she's like, she's with other astral dudes, but she is so cool and good that she's not having sex with them, even though Shane is doing whatever the fuck he pleases generally, mm-hmm. because yeah. that's the ultimate fantasy, right? Is the lover that is like, well, you, it's okay if you can go and have sex with other people, but mm-hmm. I just like you so much that I, you know, I just don't want to. Yeah. It's so good. Yep. Um, And then I don't know. I think so. I, I don't know. It, it's so hard to rank the stupidest things in this book because they're all it's go so blows stupid. for me uh, it's so go for, blows me, for me so yeah it's pretty bad so for me it was the book transfer so in all these astral planes it seems like they can materialize almost anything at will like they constantly they talk about how people change their clothes by just like thinking about them and um seems like you can have whatever you want really whatever kind of life it's sort of like oh if you just imagine it it exists but for some reason, they can't imagine uh, Niles McFleur's book 
uh, into the astral plane. So turns out <laughs> Shane has to read it to Rebecca. Like he has to be in the physical plane. They have to like mind meld. He has to read the book to her and she has to transcribe it. And then when they're done, he just dies. <laughs> so I, I don't get it. Why can't you just make the book appear? Like you can make anything appear. Why, why can't the book appear? Also, why did, why? Niles isn't the just, one doing it, by the way. Niles I mean, who supposedly can travel into the astral plane, but doesn't for reasons. He's like, oh, I because just, it's bad for I just you. haven't done it. No, he's, a, he's like, yeah, it's actually bad for you, but I don't know. You guys are special, so you can do it. Uh, that's a whole other, like, confusing element to this. Uh, and I, it really just feels like this entire, like, Rebecca and Shane getting together was really just so that Niles could get his book to the astral plane so he could be famous and get people to... Because, like, it ends with him doing tours of the astral planes and people being like, oh, yeah, we finally got your book, man. This is so great. So (laughs) this really was just a ruse to get his book to the astral plane, it feels like. Doesn't it? I mean, the whole thing feels like a giant ruse on all of us, Paris. Although I can't, like... I mentioned at the top that there was probably like a second component besides Niles just thinking that teaching is just spewing words out onto a page. And if you read it, then you'll be enlightened. I think Mm -hmm. the second component really is like the Nigerian print scam style thing. Like if the immediate bad grammar and nonsense explanations don't deter you and you just keep going for it, you're the type of person that will join Niles McFleur's property flippers Mm -hmm. and foot washcloth sellers ahoy (laughs) uh, spiritual group or whatever. You know, I just also can't. I just can't get over I forgot about like the rapes the casual rape the casual racism the you know the casual like anti-Palestinian sentiment it's got everything (laughs) it's like every shitty idea racist thought misogynist thought it's all in here it's just really emptying out the the package yeah it's like really you know what guys if you want just like one terrible book to read as an example of all the stuff that paris and i have been talking about this whole entire time here it is i mean it's got a little bit of the woo woo in there from like previous book there we did another like how to fuck is a ghost book before it's got a little bit of that do you remember the author found that video and was like LOL, yeah, you guys are right. This is actually pretty funny and stupid. And I was like, wow, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Um, Um, It's got a little bit of like your Eclipse of Darkness style, like spiritual mapping nonsense happening in there. It's got a lot of like the awkward, stilted, like non-dialogue people are aliens Mm -hmm. thing from like The Woman You Marry or (laughs) um, what was that one about like Chicago game? I'm living, but I'm not alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Kundalini Sex Force came back. Kundalini Sex Force does show up in this one. The greatest hits. (laughs) I even remember the song I had in my head. Kundalini Sex Force. (laughs) Like that's. Oh, and Oversouls were from, I think, Oversouls the Dead Pets book. Oversouls are up in here. I think that was from the Dead Pets book. I don't remember. Kundalini Sex Force was in something. I don't remember what. Yeah, I think it was a bad thing from. Was it in Genesis <gasps> oh, Diet? Yes, it was in Genesis yes. Diet, I think. Yes, it was in Genesis <laughs> Diet. Um, I mean, you've got like, you've just got, you've got all these like sex tropes and romance tropes. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I still feel like, uh, 
Eclipse of Darkness is the Ur terrible book. I don't know if anything will <laughs> eclipse that. Um, but this <laughs> is this is like Eclipse of Darkness's cousin. Like this is <laughs> <laughs> this is more religious cousin. Like I mean, that was a religious too, but it was more about like that it was, was more like, Christian like, than anything. yeah. Th- this is like his like. Well, I'm kind of Christian, but like also like a Buddhism Buddhist, is cool too. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, What's missing here, Pat? What could have made this the complete terrible book package? Like, I mean, we forgot. We forgot. We forgot to tell everyone. It even has uh, dogs turning into dog children. I think their idea is that as dogs develop their consciousness in the astral plane, they become human children. I think we were being told that by the end, and I was just like, "What the? F- why?" <laughs> they were. They, they just kind of talk, you know, in sort of like Flim love Niles or Flim love Shane and Rebecca. Flim want to go where they are. They, I don't like where I am now, like that kind of thing. But then they start developing secondary dog children like secondary child characteristics like they start having dog child faces and stuff it's really like fucking weird voyeur dog that was like oh, wow you dog. guys that was the best fucking i ever saw i saw the whole <laughs> thing and i've watched a lot of fucking let me tell you because i'm a perv dog hanging out in the fourth astral subway <laughs> they let me in here i don't know how i that trust me yeah. i should have been on the eighth one or whatever yeah. here i am <laughs> snuck in um you know you've got they forgot oh, and to lock they... the doggy door up in here Oh my god, you're okay. I just have all these little weird sorry, this this is less of a review and more just a recounting of like we started the episode There's with like no way. this is terrible. Here are all the things that happened in this book. There's um, no way, Paris, that we could have done a thorough <laughs> Okay. Do you so when Shane and Rebecca, you know, when they're both still alive, uh get married, they're like, We took our honeymoon to Atlantis and Lemuria and I was like what? Atlantis and Lemuria? What are you talking about? So there's just it's even got Atlantis in it. I you know to your point about it really being a little bit of everything. I don't remember what the fuck is Lemuria. I mean, probably some other. It's like Technosia or Timonia or I mean, he really just puts Ia at the end of something to create a new city or place. I feel apparently it's a Therion album. I don't remember that happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, the F- Lemuria, the fabled lost continent that turned out to be almost real. Um, nah, eh. man, I think that's enough. We don't need to go deeper to that, Paris. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, more bullshit. You know, it's not it's not too weird to talk about previous continents because, as I'm sure you all are aware, like the Earth has shifting plates and stuff, and over you know the long over the long game, <laughs> land moves around. Some of it goes under the water. Some of it comes up. You know, some of it gets broken off or, or added back together. Uh, so, you know, our continents have had continents and whatever, and islands have had various shapes. So it's not We're crazy. We're tectonics on this episode. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not crazy to be like, oh, yeah, this, this continent might have existed for these reasons. But, like, they wanted to go to a honeymoon? To Atlantis and listen, Lemuria? Okay, I, I, listen, what? I'm going on my honeymoon. It's really <laughs> special. Can you, like, fuse all the continents back together for us? I mean, I th- she would really love it if you were just <laughs> able to make all the land masses one. And there, because she's like a I mean, water. that's Pangea. So right? I don't, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not Lemuria. I guess that's the consolation prize. The best we can do is shove them all back together again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay, well, fine. I guess if that's what's available. I'll go to and Atlantis, at, too. And, like, Atlantis, I don't know. I don't remember where Atlantis was supposed to be in, you know, all of the mentions of it. I forget if it was in the... 
Isn't the Atlantic or the Pacific Paris, or some other ocean? It doesn't, it anyway, doesn't matter. It's fine. point being, don't I right. don't understand. It's just like I don't understand where they were trying to go for their honeymoon. Is my whole point? Like yeah, <laughs> I have no idea where you're trying just, to I, go. I need some tethering to like at least a geographic location so I can make sense of this. Yeah, it, it's just. My favorite thing is like after like they they're doing like a co honeymoon because Craig got married to his oh my god the Michelle co I forgot, too. I forgot about the co honeymoon and then like so like like one of the mornings after like they're all having I guess coffee in like the Atlantis hotel room <laughs> lobby or something like that <laughs> yeah and Shane and Rebecca come down and they're like like they start going like wow we had such an incredible evening last night let me recount in graphic detail although it doesn't go into graphic detail in the book about what's happening and I imagine like there was a sentence that was like and then we recounted everything that happened last night and I imagine in my head the next sentence should be everybody threw up and like (laughs) who why do you why would you go on a co-honeymoon with your friend come downstairs in the morning and be like yeah this is what we got up to last night guys well, I mean, you're already on a co-honeymoon. To me, that it, those two, that follows. Like, you're already on a fucking co-honeymoon. You're probably a weirdo who's like, let's talk about the honeymoon sex we had together the next morning. Just seems to fit to me, really. Um, Fair enough. Fair point, Paris. So I don't think that, I don't think Shane or Rebecca are real. Obviously, I don't believe any of this, like, astral <laughs> no. travel stuff, at least in the way oh, that really? it's described in this oh, book. Oh, come on, man. Um you know, I don't, I don't buy it. Uh, especially, yeah, the way it's described in this book is like, I, it's just who would believe this? Who is getting recruited by this book? <laughs> who are you? Who reads this? Well, book you know and what, Paris? Like, yeah. I'll tell you. I did a little googling <laughs> about Niles McFlurry after this, and it seems like the Ageless Wisdom website is down, and he hasn't updated his podcast in a while. So my hope is he got fucking sucked off to the shadow realm <laughs> by all that astral travel. <laughs> yeah, I also tried to find him. I mean, I saw that there was. Some podcast he was doing, but yeah, I think it hadn't been updated in like. So my guess is it it didn't fucking work. Turns out Paris. Turns out he can't even do a cult right. I don't know. I mean, sold more foot shaped washcloths. We don't know. Maybe they still got a compound, but yeah, I mean, it's all self referential. It's just like if you search Niles McFlurry, you only see Niles McFlurry talking about Niles McFlurry. There's no. (laughs) (laughs) There's no like. uh, Uh. you know, I think I want to share this because it's funny. I searched Niles McFlurry just to make sure, I, you know, I was remembering correctly from the other day when I did this before. And there, <laughs> like, three quarters of the way down the Google search page, there is a Reddit post says uh, saying, is it possible to kill Griffith in our berserk? And the text that matched was source life's hidden meaning by Niles McFlurry. I'm going to open that Reddit post. What the fuck? <laughs> what is this berserk? Niles McFlurry crossover happening. Um, <laughs> what? He's the demon at the end of Berserk when they all go into the hell realm. That's like really like the eighth astral plane. But Niles McFlurry is that like uh, titty demon that like Maybe. traps them or whatever. Okay, so if you haven't seen Berserk, I guess spoilers for Berserk. Uh, is it possible to kill Griffith? Hello, strugglers. I saw a lot of people speculating that Guts will kill the Moonlight Boy to kill Griffith, but wouldn't he just lose his vessel and still exist in the astral plane? And then we've got some answers. Uh, where's our winner? Astral Dark Masters, in this, ha- in this case, God Hand members, exist in astral bodies that are highly crystallized by the astral energy released by deaths of their victims. Astral bodies are killable and not immortal. The oldest Dark Master at this time is about 450,000 astral years old. That's around 150,000 physical plane years. There's that math again. Usually at an astral age of 500,000, their astral body cracks and they die. 
though that process can be hastened by a weapon modified with astral energy, such as the Behalet sword wielded by Skull Knight. I believe Guts's Dragon Slayer is also astrally modified to a degree by the sheer amount of demons it has killed, hence the dark aura around it. I think Femto could be killed by either Skull Knight wielding the Behelet sword or Guts with the Dragon Slayer, even if Femto was in his astral body and his physical incarnation was destroyed. Another user says, wait, I'm curious where you're getting this information. I was under the impression the God Hand were replaceable as ev evidenced with the Skull Knight flashback in one of the recent chapters, but not any specifics. The original poster says, source, life's hidden meaning by Niles McFlurry, 463 to 438. <laughs> Paris, this is the greatest anime crossover of all time. <laughs> it really Fleur. is. It really is. <laughs> it crosses over with really Fleur. is. This so this is like a, a weeb that also is into like the Niles McFlur Angel's Wisdom thing. <laughs> that is a specific person there, Paris. Oh man, you know what else I'm Top seeing? Top ten anime is... crossovers. Yeah, that's wild. The other thing I'm seeing is Niles McFlur saying that he is a physicist. Uh, a metaphysicist is what which he says, is I think. interesting because. A physicist <laughs> is. Very it says on the different. back of his book that he has taught metaphysics, so I'm wondering if he just like dropped the meta at some point to try and seem more credible. Yeah, to obscure the fact that he's actually a hack and has no credibility. Yeah, uh, just I ask him to do like force times velocity squared or whatever that formula is. Oh, oh, him. he's got he's got one better for you, Chris. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's got a better formula. So, um. Oh my god, this is on ResearchGate. Holy shit. Hang on. Alright, so uh, on ResearchGate, somehow, there is a uh, book or article, Possibilities That Are You, Volume 5, Truth and Context, by Alex Bennett. And uh, somehow, our buddy, our buddy is in here. Um, ah, shit. I'm not downloading this PDF. Anyway, it says... <laughs> Physicist Niles McFleur forwards that the total value of truth, T, minus the value of untruth, U, oh equals God. force, F. Here's what that looks like uh, in a mathematical equation. T minus U equals F, or T minus small t to the 1 plus small t to the 2 plus small t to the 3, etc., equals F. Truth has value. Untruth reduces the ability of thought to control energy, so thinking becomes more difficult. Exposure to untruth reduces the structure of our thinking, reduces our senses. The greater our exposure to untruth, the lower our ability to sense those untruths. An example is a continuous pattering of a politician. When people become used to untruth, they are not in a position to hear truth. That is, they cannot discern it. I mean, yeah, I agree with the sentiment that, like, if you steep yourself in lies, it becomes difficult to retether yourself to reality, but... That formula isn't a formula. You're not, you're not putting values where those, like... No, I can quantify truth, are. Paris. Yeah. All right, Paris, at this point, like, do we really need to read anything else from this? Is there anything specific that we need to make sure everyone knows about? I don't know. I mean, honestly, you could just do the fun... Uh, page 303, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Let's just do, okay. let's do one last one before we... Sure. <laughs> put this thing in an early grave oh god this is like unindented paragraph the whole page <laughs> it's just there's no indent whatsoever i believe in you i, believe in you. I am not too sure it is all the same thing shane please tell me what it was like all right but it may be a little depressing for you that's okay please jacob continue if it does not bother you too much to do so 
these past events are no more than pages that I read about myself in a book. If it helps others, including you, then for your sake I will recall them. In the winter of 1939, I was forcibly imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp. I was a very young rabbi of just 21 years of age, very soon to be 22 if I lived that long. The German government was still accepting a fairly large sum of money to release certain Jews. A Jewish organization from the U.S. had raised enough money to release a few, and because I was a young rabbi, I was one of those chosen. A few weeks afterward, the policy was abandoned by the Nazis, and I may have been the last one saved through it. Because the political climate had turned so hostile against Jews, instead of my being sent to the U.S., I was sent to Shanghai, China, where the Japanese, who were then allies with Germany, had already defeated China. <laughs> I, I was imprisoned there in a camp made from a ghetto of the city. There were 25,000 mostly Jews already interned there. I was one of two active rabbis I knew of in the camp. I was a prisoner of the Japanese until the end of World War II, which was August of 1945. However, the camp was not liberated until the spring of 1947 because no one knew about it directly after the war. Then you were in prison from 1939 to 1947? Yes, that is correct, Shane. That's over eight years. How did you survive? I nearly did not. The last six months of the war, the Japanese were building a gas chamber using Nazi plans and specifications. It was due to go into operation September 1945. Fortunately, the war ended just one month before that. The living conditions of the camp were pretty terrible, but I gave to others during the time I was there, and I believe it was that service that kept me alive. Please explain, Jacob, the paragraph ends. And then there's a whole other unindented paragraph on the next page <laughs> that we're not going to read here. Really, the point of that passage is that, yeah, even Hitler gets up in here, man. It's the whole thing, everything that you could well, possibly need. My The reason I think I made a note about it was because I was like, what are you talking about? Because was he talking about a Japanese concentration camp in China? After that, the war was done. But that that he was sent to after escaping... A German he concentration was freed. camp? He was freed from a German concentration camp because someone paid money to free him. Right. And then was sent to China where there was a Japanese concentration camp instead. I don't... Does that track? I don't think it tracks. It sounds absurd. I don't think they would... Could you really bribe yourself out of a concentration camp? I don't think so. I think someone else... Pay, like the another government paid for release of some Jews... Oh, uh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So it was like a a group effort, not like a singular yes person. In any case, I was also just confused by the timeline. It was like there was a concentration camp in China that Japan ran. I I just I mean I know that I know those existed, but I think that there are definitely timeline... uh, concentration camps in China during the war, but. After the war ended, uh, they were mostly freed. So, like, when the Japanese surrendered, it wasn't anything continuing after that. Yeah. I uh, just, yeah. Again, just needlessly confusing. Um, but it's just more bullshit on top. Just, like, no. Yep, that's more bullshit. You're just making something up for, like, a paragraph about this one guy in your book that's not even, Why? like, a central character. It's just, it has more of that, like, well, I know the real stuff that happened. Right? Like, yeah, I, it's I there for that. You know, even if I was trying to recruit people into my cult with a book, I <laughs> this is not how I'd do it, right? It's not it's not convincing. It's he not does engaging. it doesn't matter what subject is like nothing is off topic here. You gotta bring in like all anything possible here. All right, Paris. <sighs> can we fix it? I don't know, Chris. Can can we fix no. it? No. Throw the shit in the trash. <laughs> this is rotten from the start. There is nothing to fix here. There's nothing. This I you I know I'm usually the one that's like, well, maybe there's some artistic value in something or a learning experience. This is no. There's no reason for yeah. this. Burn them all. 
Burn them all. Yeah. 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 I don't think I don't think Niles is working through anything. I don't think this helped him in any way. It's not compelling. It's written poorly. Like you said, the the core idea is rotten, you know, to try to convince people to join your potential cult. I, the only way My I foot can washing see... and property flipping astral travel LLC too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Honestly, the only way this book could be sort of redeemed is if you made it into a romance novel about astral sex because there's at least a market for that. Like if you wanted to really lean into that part of it, I think some people would purchase it and it would be a you know a smut read i'm sure <laughs> sure that sure. audience exists um but as it stands like no one needs a 365 page ad for a cult because it doesn't even it doesn't even like dangle or promise anything and it's so there's so many barriers to get through it that like who is getting recruited by this i yeah, the world would not be different. Like if this if this book was if, if we didn't need burn them all, I I think we might be better off. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Well then, I'm gonna just leave us with one last paragraph here. <laughs> okay, take it away. We then flew to the top of the highest mountain around us. There were wildflowers and dozens of unique colors everywhere covering the top. We flew naked, still slowly through these flowers, barely a foot above the ground, enraptured by each other's warmth and gentleness. Rebecca put her body over mine, her back on top of my front with our arms outstretched, hands entwined, looking up at the skies we floated for many miles this way, feeling as part of our surroundings. Hundreds of butterflies surrounded us, covering our body outlines and gently moving their wings, barely touching us as we slowly made love in this position. The experience was delicious. Rebecca above me, the flower petals just touching me or her as we rotated times, and the wings of the butterflies touching both of us as one. She, me, and I, her. So even the sex in here is fucking stupid. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just... And then there was you know butterflies, what? and we all danced around them. Who's turned on by that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. There's just so much of this that's really silly. Oh, you forgot about hokey pokey sex. <laughs> oh, I forget... I, you know what? Yeah, let's let's do a little bit of that. Just to show you that I'm yeah, not I mean, cherry picking here. This is this is the normal stance of what is happening yep. in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I now rushed to get ready because Rebecca was on her way home. I arrived at her door and there was a note on it for Shane only. Come in. I walked in and there were single daisies in little vases and under each a note. The first of these notes said, remove your left shoe. The next, take off your left pant leg and sock. Next, remove your right arm from your shirt. Next, pull your underwear down to your knees. I was now standing in front of her closed bedroom door. A note slid from under the door. I picked it up and read, Only those who look like humble fools may enter paradise. I opened the door and there she was in a negligee and super sexy... Well, it was hot and so was I. She moved in a sexy (laughs) dance while she smiled and looked at me with love and desire. So even as an astral sex smut book, Paris, it ain't working either because that, like you said, that oh, hokey yeah, pokey yeah. shit. Take your left <laughs> shoe off and put your right <laughs> arm out of your shirt. Turn around and be a humble fool because you can enter paradise. Yeah. Um, no, I meant if it was like reworked into that, not as it, as it is. Um, we also, yeah, we forgot to tell people that this is supposedly Shane's journal that is being recounted. I forgot that critical detail. It's not really that critical. (laughs) No, that was a joke. In any case, uh, yeah, so. I'm done. Let's, let's go, man. I, this was the most painful read in a while. And like when you were recounting, you're reading it to me. I was like, can't be that bad. We've done this before. Come on. We're seasoned vets. 
And then it began for me, and I, like I said, I've traveled through the floor of the earth in my astral body, and I'm just <laughs> shooting out into the rest of the universe, hoping one day to become retethered into a world or a planet where a man like this doesn't exist. Yeah, I, oh, this was, this was, I would rather read The Wives five more times. I would, that that was a hard one to read for different reasons. This was this was pure unadulterated cerebro essence. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, I'll uh, I'll see you on uh, see you in the astral planes next time. Wait, hold on. We got to thank the patrons and thank Charlotte for bestowing the suffering oh, upon us. Oh, Charlotte, this was yeah. If you're if you if Terrible hasn't blessed you this day, then surely it will happen soon because you've chosen. You did the good the karma, and your fifth cosmic ray <laughs> is now in tune with Terrible's third aspect of his mind, so you'll be able to astrally ascend and have a up conscious where the number big, and everything will go good for you all the time, just like our patrons who do that for us. So thank you, patrons. Thank you to Greg, Veronica, Will, D, Jared, Arant, Senia, Jakub, Lycoris, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Luchek, Miri, Yanka, David, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Donnie, Crimson, Paladin, Beast with the Least, Scott, H, Robin, Laxtodes of the Void, the Taco Eating Unicorn, Last Man on Earth 01, Funny Robot with Antennas, Hobbyboy93, Harry, Renee, Emmy, and our newest patron, Julius the Nice Dragon. Thank God he's nice. And our Kofi Donor Kiwi thing. Thank you so much. All right, Paris, I'm off to the seventh subplane to <laughs> pet a dog and then do weird sex stuff in a tentacle hot tub, I guess. Oh, yeah, I think you got to go up to like the third or fourth plane for that, but that's okay. I'll, uh, I'll see you later. All right, bye, Paris. Bye, Chris. Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club. Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts, Paris and Chris. Sound design and audio editing by Chris, with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris. Our theme song is Kiss by Yearn, which is, you guessed it, actually, also Chris. You can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com. Do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? Do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? If so, become a patron at patreon.com slash terriblebookclub. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com.